What's up, what's happening? It's K-Mac again, here to bring you another episode of the K-Mac Show, right here on Anchor app, Apple Podcast, Google Play, and all your podcasts and providers. And man, today, today, January 30th, hope you're inside, have the heat all the way up, man, because it is cold, man. Not as cold as Chicago here in New York, but, uh... Shoot, it is pretty dang cold out there. So, hope everybody uh, gets double layer, triple layer, or just simply at home. I mean, geez. Ooh, rough one today. Um, you know, today is such a blessed, blessed day for me. You know, I, I walk, you know, I, I wake up today feeling a little more pep in my step. I feel more uh, blessed for... You know, my body being what it is. Man, I almost tore out my ACL yesterday. I mean, it was really close. For those who don't know, I coach football and I coach wrestling uh, at my high school. Um, And what happened was yesterday, I was wrestling with our heavyweight. And uh, he put double legs in. I'm on bottom. He's on top. And I get in the tripod, I try to shake him off, it didn't really work. So I decided, okay, I'm going to stand straight up. Now I've been, I, I dominate from the top position the, the period beforehand. And, um, you know, I was pretty good on my feet. You know, I controlled the circle, whatever. I'm supposed to, I'm a coach, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I just wanted to prove a point because he doesn't really do, you know, um, a lot on his feet. So, I, I just kind of wanted to show him up a little bit. Show him that, hey, this stuff doesn't really work. So, I stood straight up with him still having the double legs in. And in a real match, it would be actually potentially dangerous. But I thought I was proving a point for whatever reason. And trust me, I'll never make this mistake again. Because um, he disengaged the leg. And uh, he almost like scraped his heel down my right leg. And then took his entire body weight and threw it on the left side of my body on my other leg. And I felt my hamstring legitimately move from one side to the, you know, back into place. I felt something move. So I guess it bend, it bended, but it didn't break. It didn't tear. Thank God it didn't tear. I mean, shoot, I'd be in uh, I'd be in the hospital right now. I'd be recording live from uh, Winthrop <laughs> instead of uh, in my car doing this podcast. I'd be shoot, doing really bad. I mean, jeez. But uh, you know, I was down for a second. I felt a little pain. I felt pain in my knee. I couldn't really get up. I was on my stomach, and uh, you know, I had my um, arms supporting my head, and I I was freaking out. Not freaking out, but I was silent trying to regain myself. But in my mind and in my heart, I was really, really concerned that something bad happened. And, you know, for those who don't know, I tore out my um, rotator cuff playing football, uh, you know, college football. And, uh, you know, herniated disc in my neck and had some back issues. So I decided to retire from that and go into coaching and then you know, 
to have a certain scare like this, you know, puts everything in perspective and everything like that. And I'm going to continue to coach. I'm going to continue to do everything that I do. I'm just going to be a little more careful. <laughs> I'm shoot, man. I can't afford another injury. You know, I can't afford to, you know, pay more money on my body and everything like that. And, you know, it was just something that happened yesterday that I felt like I should share with you guys because you know what? Why not? I almost tore my ACL yesterday, so something unique happened to me yesterday. Um, yeah, but enough about me. I'm very happy that I'm okay. I'm very happy that it didn't tear out. And I'm very happy that, you know, I'm able to walk uh, sort of correctly. It's a little sore right now, so I'm a little bit of a limp, but nothing too terrible. Um, and I can carry on with my day on schedule as I work go to school, go to practice. So that's what I do on a daily basis. So happy to do that again today. Um, now to talk about sports, you know, we, we, we talk about that all the time here, right? Uh, Anthony Davis is fined $50,000 by the NBA for requesting a trade or whatever, right? So this is why I hate. I mean, I hate the NBA so much. So this whole saga sort of continues, and some guy on Twitter, and I love this because not a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about it because I saw it on uh, when I got into work this morning that ESPN accidentally um, showed a graphic, you know, that was clearly a troll. You know what I mean? Clearly, somebody edited something to. Um, you know, show LeBron sub sub, inst- not sub tweeting because it was it wasn't a tweet, but it was a a comment on Twitter that somebody made up and, and it used their, you know, username. But it's obviously not LeBron James. I mean, hear this quote that ESPN actually put on air. They put it on air. Sheesh! That sweater is fire. And it's a picture of Andy Davis with a. By the way. Um, this, this weird sweater that he had going on and sunglasses and whatever. It's like some sort of quote. I, I don't know what the actual Instagram photo was, but, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the text, but it was a picture of of Anthony Davis in this ugly sweater and somebody by the name of Shriek, Shrieky Shooters I love that guy. This is pretty, he's he's awesome. He gained a lot of notoriety, um, you know. I guess over the uh, the past week, just with this. I mean, jeez, the next, you know. Oh. So he he edited this thing together, right, to show that King James commented, "Sheesh, that sweater is fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. You're killing it, bro. Anyway, see you later. Oops, that was a typo. I meant see ya." Later, you know, with like the um, LA thing, crying emoji, hashtag strive for gayness. I mean, come on. Come on, ESPN. You can't see that that's obviously a troll. I mean, come on, man. Jeez. That's horrific. That, 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 that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Ever. I mean, come on, ESPN. You gotta be kidding me. You got your social media department or something. Hire me. Pay me money to freaking go through these things and see if they're a troll or not. I would love that. Are you kidding me? 
ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Shame on you, ESPN. And also Shrieky Shooter also put out um, um, a fake Venmo thing of him paying the $50,000 fine of Anthony Davis, which is pretty funny. Obviously, it's not real ESPN, but it was just really, really funny. And um, go give him a follow. I mean, damn. Damn, what a great count. S-R-E-E-K-Y. S-H-O-O-T-E-R-S. Follow him on Twitter. He got ESPN to accidentally put out his graphic, his fake graphic. That's awesome. That's tremendous. And what was even better about it was the fact that um, you see the, um, you know, his reaction to it. And he just says, ladies and gentlemen, dot, 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 we got him. And it's supposed to be the um, the meme where the SWAT team goes into that house or whatever with that weird music going on. Like, we got him, baby. You know? I love that. I love that meme. So, good memes. Great account. Great troll. Love it. Great job, Shrieky. Thank you for your service. <laughs> um, so here in New York, we're hearing a lot of rumblings about the Knicks being all in on Anthony Davis. And I, I just don't seem... I, I don't know. Like, how does that come into your head, guys? You know? How does that... And I'm talking about the Knicks. Why would you in a million years want to go after Anthony Davis? Is he a great player? Absolutely. Has he won his team anything? No. Oh, they haven't built around him. Okay. But is he can he can he make a team so much better with him just being on it? And the answer is no. He's a supporting superstar on a championship team. You know what I mean? He's like uh, Draymond Green means the Golden State Warriors. Actually, that's too far. I'm sorry. I'll take that back. He's Clay Thompson. He's Clay Thompson. That's 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 the best analogy you're gonna get. He's Clay Thompson. Good shooter. Very very good. You know, contributing guy. But also helps that he has you know. Steph Curry. And the best player in basketball right now, Kevin Durant. It's pretty solid stuff to have both of those guys on your team. So you don't have to do as much. You know? And I feel like Anthony Davis fits that role better than being the guy. You know? So... I just don't feel like the Knicks are in position to do this trade at all. And a big part of that is that the Knicks need to rebuild their brand. Whoever the GM is, whoever is the guy making the decisions, can we not just get names? You know what I mean? Can we not just get names? Can we develop our own players for once? The last time we sort of did that, we got Patrick Ewing with the number one overall pick. 
And look how that turned out. The Knicks were in their best period since the 70s. That was in the early 90s and, and, you know, and everything like that. But the team, the team was mostly built with guys that they drafted. You know, like they developed their own guys. Now, this whole notion of getting the superstar that doesn't fit into the scheme has been done and beaten to death here. Beaten to absolutely the death. I must remember when they got Stefan Marbury and Eddie Curry and that was going to be the team. How about when they overpaid for Carmelo Anthony when he could have been a free agent and they could have got him in the offseason instead of giving up Gallinari and all these other guys and all those picks? Why can't you just wait? Patience. And the Knicks would have been perfectly fine. I think a much better team, and they would have had some decent guards. I think, anyway. And you know what? They did it again when Carmelo was on the team. So there's three separate instances of, of this happening. And, of course, I'm talking about when they got Derrick Rose, and they got Joakim Noah, and they thought that they were going to be the team with KP and Melo. Oh, man, the Knicks are going to be great. Turns out they're not. They're not good. D-Rose can just no-show games. Mello wants out. KP kind of wants out. And KP's not the central part of your offense. He's not really putting up big, big numbers. You know, I, I, I was just so sickened by that team last year. The fact that they even exist. Jeez, Michael Beasley was the only guy that was decent. That really balled out and really gave 180% on every play. And he was a guy that was trying to resurrect his career, and he really stood out. Derrick Rose got hurt. Joaquin Noah got hurt and suspended. KP tears out his ACL. And Melo wants to get out of there so desperately. That was the next last season. I'm sorry, two years ago. I apologize. Right, two years ago? And then when they stripped that all down with um, Rose and and Joe Keem and everything like that, then they um, traded Mellow that offseason to uh, Oklahoma City and everything like that. Okay. That's my fault. I, I got a year mixed up. But still, that's, that's very fairly recent. And don't even get me started on the freaking um, Andrea Bagnani trade, which was uh, bleh, awful. So the moral of what I'm talking about is this. Can we please for once in this decrepit crap franchise develop our own people? If Zion is everything that these people are talking about, and you have the opportunity to draft him, being the worst team in basketball, do it. Tucker can be a nice guard too. Draft him with the second or third pick. Why are the Knicks going out and being this team that just doesn't want to commit to a rebuild? They want the quick fix. The quick fix doesn't work. It hasn't worked for the past 20 years. 
So please, New York, please, James Dolan, please, Mills, please, all the guys that run that freaking team, don't be stupid. Go out and get your own guys. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway, with the uh, the Cavaliers winning last night, the Knicks own the worst record in the NBA with a grand total of 10 wins, and they are 1-19 in their past 20. So tank is on. Go get Zion. All right. Move on to actually winning basketball. The Brooklyn Nets beat the Chicago Bulls last night in a game that they should win. Uh, coming off a loss to the Boston Celtics. Um, Brooklyn is, is Stan Pat at a solid 28-24. They're, they're the sixth seed right now by a game and a half. And they're four games behind the Boston Celtics for the five seed. This could be it for them. Stay Pat. Have a couple of decent streaks. Stay 500 in the time that you aren't on these big streaks. And they'll be the sixth seed in the uh, Eastern Conference come playoff time. So uh, congratulations to the Nets on winning again. Um, man, I really want to talk about hockey, but nothing's really going on. The Rangers lost one nothing to the Flyers last night. The Islanders don't play till Friday. So um, nothing yet, but I think on Friday's show I'll talk a little bit more about hockey everything like that. Um, Super Bowl Media Day um, was this week, and uh, my, you know, my heart goes out to Dave Portnoy and you know PFT commenter uh, on being kicked out of the event in Atlanta. Um, just absolute travesty. Roger Goodell, what are you doing? And I hope that um, <laughs> they just blow this whole thing up, man. I, I love barstool sports and to see the um, these guys getting carried away in handcuffs. I think PFT actually got charged with something. They just let Prez go. So, I mean, ugh. bad situation. Bad look for the NFL. Shame on you, National Football League. Embarrassment to the franchise. <laughs> Embarrassment to your brand. All righty. So I'm going to do something a little bit different, something I've never done before on this show. And um, I'm going to review a movie that I saw recently uh, a couple weeks back. And I just wanted to explain, uh, because it's really jambled around. And I I love it because I'm just thinking about the movie from legitimately three weeks ago. And I'm trying to remember every plot point there was. And I really dislike this movie. And I really want to save a life because, I mean... If you have epilepsy or a very, very sensitive, uh, if you're sensitive to uh, seizures and stuff, like, you can legitimately, like, get, yeah, you can legitimately have that sort of episode happen to you. I mean, there's a there's one scene in particular that we'll uh, dive into a little bit. Um, well, you'll hear my full review on it. And it's just scary to think about somebody seeing this absolutely travesty of a movie and um, having an episode come come out just because of it, you know, and that's just, um, shouldn't happen, so I'm here for the people to talk about this movie, and it's Escape Room, came out three weeks ago, I saw it opening 
weekend, and um, yeah, it wasn't exactly too pretty. I'll let my review speak for itself. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day, and I'll see you on Friday, you know, Friday, as we head into my birthday weekend and Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe, and follow me on Twitter at KMAX72. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on Friday. Peace. Alrighty. So, it's been a couple weeks, and I want to do a little bit, you know, different. I want something a little bit different for this little segment. You know, I went to see this movie with my girlfriend. We went out, bought our tickets, bought the popcorn, whatever. It was the day before I uh, went on vacation for a week. And the movie just came out that Friday. And we were excited. You know, I can't wait to see this movie. I can't wait. Escape Room, baby. The trailer, it looked awesome. It really looks like a Saw type of movie. You know, interesting traps and stuff. You know, with all these, you know, these crazy characters and stuff. All these unique characters. I mean, you got the nerd Indian kid. You have Karen from Daredevil. You have some stoner loser dude. And and you have some redneck. And, And, you know, you basically have all your areas covered. You know? If all your areas covered in terms of uh, some pretty rainbow, you know, you know, of all different races and, you know, you know, the picture of like everybody holding hands and stuff like that. That's what I felt like they wanted to present in this movie. Yeah, we have all our bases covered, guys. We can't be called anything else. Everybody has to be different. Everybody. African-American girl. You know? And we just have, you know, this, this. Actually, there was two. There was two African Americans in this movie. I'm sorry. There's two black people in this. You know, in the um, in the actual game itself, I call it the game, but it's not really the game. It's just like, oh, we're gonna give you this little uh, Rubik's cube thing, and you're gonna have to figure it out. But we know you're gonna figure it out, and we all know you're gonna come to this game or whatever, and. It's going to be fine. Whatever. So right off the bat, before we even start this movie, I legitimately was scared. I was scared that this was going to be an absolutely crapshoot movie because it's a PG-13 rating on a movie that's supposed to imitate Saw. How can you make Saw a PG-13 movie? I thought to myself, oh, you know, how can we, how can we do that? You know, how can we do that? (laughs) So the movie begins with everybody getting the cubes and stuff like that. I'm I'm just going to go a little bit into this, you know, the apex of the events of why this movie is just, it's just not that good. You know, it's just not good, ladies and gentlemen. Not very good. 
and man, it's just like you get a little bit of a taste of everybody's life, sort of. I say sort of because there's only three characters whose origin stories are actually like sort of fleshed out in this movie. The black guy, the the you know the the soft spoken you know college student loser person who doesn't seem to get out of the dorm room that needs to get out of the dorm room you know and um, you know you get all these you know you get those like three origin stories and then all of a sudden they're all in the same room and what really unsettled me about this whole thing you go through all these origin stories right and like Karen from Daredevil is the only character in this movie that I think is actually like a big time actress or an actor my apologies she's the only big time actor in this movie you know there's nobody else in this movie that I recognize at all from anything you know there's no big A-lister guy unless I'm really missing something here I really should have fact checked a bunch of stuff but I'm driving in my car and I legitimately saw this movie two weeks ago and it still bothers me so I really want to talk about it so here I am shooting from the hip baby and we're going to talk about it so alright keep going <laughs> so you get all the, you know, Karen, the biggest A-list actor, right? I apologize I don't know your name, but you're Karen to me forever. I don't care what your name is. You're awesome in those, uh, you know, in those shows and everything like that. She's in Daredevil and Punisher. Love it. Love her to death. She's awesome. But I felt like she was handed a very difficult act, you know, difficult role to play. You know, I, I, I'm just... I'm really looking at it from this. How can somebody who is legitimately supposed to be the the damsel in distress, you know, and, and, and sometimes she's forced into action, but she's not an actual, like, like, hero or anything. How is she all of a sudden this military badass that has this horrific injury when a mine hits her, her Jeep in Afghanistan and all this other stuff? It's just very far-fetched to me. Not that a woman cannot be a big-time military, you know, person, which I, I, I've seen a lot of it, right? I've seen a lot of it in recent years, of course. It's fantastic. Listen, you have, you have more cojones than I have if you're going out there and fighting for this country. And on top of that, you're a woman. It's great. I think it's fantastic. But in this particular case, with this particular actor, it really didn't fit. It really didn't fit to me. To be honest. TBH. So whatever. We go through this big thing. The you know the Indian guy is, is you know is this you know expert on escape rooms and stuff like that. And like. They're going through it, you know. The, the the you know the main thing. Oh my God! Why is why is the person that's supposed to be in the re, you know the receptionist a, a doll or whatever, right? And what is going on here? And then they try to you know 
leave, but they can't. And then the whole room turns into an oven for whatever reason. And you're supposed to figure out the clues and stuff to figure out how you can, you know, you know, how can you, how can you, how can you solve this? How can you solve this room to advance to the next one? You know, but it's sort of like, okay, everything happens, okay, everybody nearly dies, Karen has like a panic attack because she got burned by that, uh, by that mine, you know, that, that blew up, like I mentioned before, so she had like a panic attack because of heat, apparently, so they get it, and they realize that they're in this like, dome, right, that they're in this dome, and they go from a room that's, that's piping, that's about to freaking burn you guys to death like a big oven to now the cold, right? On top of ice and stuff like that and you're free, nearly freezing to death. And piece by piece you figure out that maybe these people aren't so great and all this other stuff. You know, the guy who made up all these traps know like their background or whatever. So the, the stoner kid realizes, oh wait, you know, uh, why, why is this a log cabin that we're in, 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 in this ice, you know, in, in this winter setting or whatever, and they're playing uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, so they name all the reindeer and stuff, and whatever, and he killed all his friends, and somebody's not in jail for drunk driving, and killing four freaking people, solid job, police, police people, you know, police officers, whatever area that these people are from. I know I'm jambling around, but this is legitimately what's happening in this movie. You're getting flashbacks by, like, little, like, things about what happened to all these other people, whatever. And to be honest, the stoner kid does the best job of acting in this movie. I'll be honest with you. You know, you have that redneck happy, happy-go-lucky guy that just wants to live or whatever, and, you know, you have the, you know, the, the shy black college student trying to make it through this, this life, but she's really shy, and she has to break through that thing the whole entire movie, and blah, 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 like, it's, it's, I don't know, all the characters pretty much bother me in this movie, besides the stoner guy, he was guy, it was a guy that I can get behind, you know, I, I can really get behind that stoner kid, really. Not about the ganj, but he was the he was the best actor out of all of them. So they go into this ice world. The Indian kid is trying to figure this out. Wow, this is the most this is the most high tech, you know, escape room I've ever seen in my entire life. Most other stuff, and then like he he falls through the ice and dies. And then they realize, like, oh my god, this is, this, this is real. This is real. This is like when uh, Danny McBride and this is the end, like, figures out that's actually the apocalypse. And the guy's, like, headed, you know, that guy cut off two seconds ago. You know, oh my god, it's real. This is real. Like, that type of feeling. And, like, I, I don't know how I feel about it, man. I was just like, ah. Okay, let's see how it picks up. And all of a sudden, they're in this bar upside down, and all this stupid crap is falling all over the place. 
And this part really, really bothers me about this movie that nearly, like, legitimately made me angry. Like, to the point that I would stand up and walk out of the movie theater, right? So you mean to tell me this girl has most military experience, Karen, is supposed to be this great freaking military athletic badass that can do everything. She's like trying to figure out some code on a lock, but the but the thing's upside down. She has to climb a bunch of crap to get over to it and stuff. And then they unlock the thing. And I think there was a key or something that they had to get into the next room. You know, like how to figure out how to get to the next area. But then, you know, she drops it. Or tries to throw it over and it falls on like this last piece of floor that's in the entire thing. And then she goes down, grabs the thing, hangs on this light, you know, with no floor on it. And she just like gives up and dies. She just gives up. You mean to tell me you're so athletic to be in all these different types of positions and stuff? You're supposed to be this military badass and you just die. You're just dead. You're gone. You're dead. Stupid. Just absolutely stupid. But wait, there's more. So, all this stuff happens go into the next room, they realize that, like, if they don't, you know, they realize why they're there, and they have all, like, their, uh, you know, things from when they, you know, they have, like, a bunch of mementos on hospital beds and stuff, of either what they did to other people, or what they did to themselves and stuff, you realize, oh, there was this plane crash or whatever with the shy girl, uh, all the military stuff with Karen, uh, all the people, you, they're all dead, okay, Andy and kid, he's dead, so it doesn't really matter, uh, find out what happens with all these people, right, which doesn't really matter, I don't really care, Literally, I saw two weeks ago, and I'm really trying to remember everything as we go, so this is really jambled and stuff, but I don't really care. And you know what? I'm, I'm talking about a movie that was really, really shitty. And a movie that, you know what? If 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 you save a couple bucks because of me, congratulations. You know? I'm very happy for you that you saved your money. Because I didn't actually pay for this movie either. I had a gift card. to AMC for Christmas. And I used it for this movie. It sucked. It was terrible. So, as we go on and stuff, you know, you, you, you figure out uh, why well, I saved a couple bucks. And I might save a life here. Because in this movie, you know, if you have any type of epilepsy or really sensitive to seizures and stuff, don't watch this fucking movie. Because there's this is one scene during the, like, real climax, we think, during the movie, right? Where there's down to two people. The big you know, the big black guy who led his friend to die in the middle of the ocean and that's why he's here and stuff versus the stoner kid that murdered all his friends and stuff by being a dumbass and, you know, drunk, you know, drunk driving. And, 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 like, they have a fight, right? But they're in this room with all these, like, weird shapes and stuff and they're, like, on this, 
like LSD while they're fighting or whatever, and they have to fight for the cure to stay alive. So they fight to the death. The stoner kid wins. He puts whatever in them, right? Right? Are you following me? Good. So whatever, he gets the antidote, puts it in his bloodstream or whatever, and um, he basically wins the game. Back in the other room in the hospital beds and stuff where they put all the poison and stuff, uh, the cleanup workers are coming in. It's like, why would they put the you know, oxygen on them? And all of a sudden, the, the black girl comes up and just swings like... I forget what she swung. I think she swung like a bat or like... I don't know what the hell she swung. She swung, she swung something, right? And like kills those two cleaner people or whatever. And, and is on her merry way and, and catches up. The stoner kid who's getting choked out by who we think is the game master or whatever. Ooh, and then he gets killed by the black girl, and like, that's sort of like Finn, right? Wrong. I realize that later on, which, which by the way, the, the one scene like, that they show, they show from like three years later or whatever, and like, they, they find really great jobs and stuff, Stoner Kid like cleaned up his life, he was really good in a suit or whatever. And the black girl graduated from, like, college or something. And, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, the black girl pulls up this thing. Like, yeah, we got to go to this thing. We, I trace this thing down. We, you know, we can find the guy who runs the game or whatever. And, like, retreated to a scene to end the movie with this, like, sort of... Um, simulation of of the game taking place on a plane and then she's like the, the, the real game master which is just a shitty fucking staticky screen with a with the generic like black figure standing next to it which is really fucking stupid by the way I really hate that part that part pissed me off too like what the fuck you can't have like I don't know. Like, you're trying to be Jigsaw, but you're not Jigsaw. You're not Saw. You have, like, the Game Master or whatever, and he's, like, this mysterious figure with static all around him and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why does he have to have all this static stuff or whatever? Why can't we just be treated to who this person is? Why? So, if you couldn't tell, the movie ends with, I'm very glad that she got over the fear of flying. And then the movie ends. With them flying to, like, New York or something to find out who runs the game or whatever. Because the black girl feels bad because she wants her, you know, the people to not die for nothing. That's right. They sequel-baited this movie. Because they think that they're going to get a franchise out of this. This movie fucking sucked. It does not deserve a sequel. There's plenty of other movies out there that deserve a sequel. Like maybe like The Big Lebowski. You know, he's doing a Super Bowl commercial. You know. Jeff Bridges is putting back on. You know, 
putting back on his uh, his old uh, character's clothes and everything like that. You know, he's doing his own thing. And man, imagine we got a sequel of that movie, Big Lebowski Two. That would be fun. But Escape Room thinks it deserves a franchise. Escape Room thinks that it's it's so good and the concept is so original that they deserve a sequel. It does not. I don't care if the story isn't finished or, oh man, we gotta, come on guys, we need more money so we can, so we can, you know, make this, you know, next movie, our, our, our vision isn't completed yet. Well, tough shit. This movie sucked. And, as my score would indicate, it has to be a 3.2. Oh, man. I wish I could rate this lower. The only thing that saves this movie from being absolutely lit on fire is the stellar performance of the stoner guy. I really liked him. He was cool, man. I'll be honest. He did a really great job with the script that he was given. Shy black girl. Okay. She did a good job, I guess. I guess. Karen. Uh, but I'm running through the positives here. Um, what else was good about this movie? Um... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to just change my score. It's going to be a solid 2.1 now. Because I really can't think of something that was actually good in this movie. You know? It's a 2.1. I redid my score. Because you have to think about the plot. You have to think about the, the concept of having a Saw-like movie without it being rated R. It was really stupid. The fact that they sequel baited at the end of the movie, like they think that this movie is the greatest thing ever and deserves a freaking sequel. No. No, no. No, no. No. No, Escape Room. You will not be getting a sequel. And I hope that you're buried, buried deep underneath the $5 and under DVD box of Walmart. Because you, you I mean, come on. But even then, I can find out more more movies worth my time and money than that absolute movie. You can give me the movie for free. I'm like, yeah, my time is more worth than that. It was that bad. 2.1. 2.1. And that's my review on Escape Room, ladies and gentlemen. Poor movie. Don't see it.